Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of Going In Raw today at Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Starting at $1 a month, you can enjoy Going In Raw ad-free, gain access to the daily 30-minute Going In Raw post-show, exclusive merchandise, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Boys and girls, this is the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole, Kylo Riley, Roderick Strong, and you're listening to Going In Raw, baby. Hey guys, this is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up, it's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit Foster, and you are watching Going In Raw. You like that? Hey, friend, L. Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw View. That's right, it's the review show where we take a look at an old pay review and then we review it here on the show. Yeah, we just watched it and now we review. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. People like this uh, when we used to do it on a weekly basis. We're not doing it anymore. Uh, we're doing it on a monthly basis. Uh, today's episode will uh, take the place of... Countout. Countout. Today, Saturday, when you're watching this. So you basically get three, depending on the month, how many weeks there are in the month. You get Correct. three countouts a month and one going in review a month. On the special months where there's four, five Saturdays, five. you'll get four countouts and one going in review. That's correct. Anyways, this month we decided to uh, take a look, of course... At, uh, at the Royal Rumble, yeah, uh, we offered up three Royal Rumble matches to our patrons mm-hmm. at the $10 and up market. Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. You can vote on uh, what uh, uh, going in raw view we do. Uh, what are the other two? We did it the- was Rumble 89, the very first Rumble pay-per-view. Yeah. The previous year, Rumble 88, they had it as a USA Network special. Yeah. Um, and then Rumble 2013. 23- 14? Yeah, 13. Rock 13. versus uh, Sam Punk. Rock versus Punk. Yeah. yeah. Um, but everybody went with the 92 World Rumble. I think it was I was very happy with yeah, that Yeah, you had not seen this show before, right? No, I had not. I had seen, obviously, I had seen the clips of, I think I had seen that Flair promo at the very end. Mm-hmm. I had seen uh, clips from, like, the finish of the match. Uh, where Flair uh, tips over Sid as Hogan's trying to pull Sid out. So I had seen that kind of stuff because they air that stuff all the yeah. time on the network whenever they're talking about the Rumble. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so no, this was, this was fun to watch. Of course, uh, we do this every month now. Preceding the review, uh, we do a watch party uh, live for everybody to tune in. So maybe next month you guys can, uh, can check that out with yes. us. Yes. What, what do you suppose we'll be doing next month? After the Rumble, it's... Uh, Let's just watch a bunch of WrestleManias. Okay, we can do that. I'm I've down had, for that. I've had, I, I've had a mission for a long time to watch every WrestleMania. Okay. I haven't seen them all. All right. I've seen a lot of them, most of them, I would say, but not all of them. Okay, cool. Right on. Well, we'll maybe. There's we'll, something like the early 20s I'm still missing. We'll figure out uh, some WrestleMania to watch. Yeah. Oh, no, not 23. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, uh, uh. So, yeah, the year was 1992. It was early Correct. 1992. January 19th, 1992. Ric Flair had been a part of the WWF for a little while. Matter of months. Matter of months. Uh, and uh, so Showing up with the NWA heavyweight championship around his waist. It was, it was pixelated. He, he dubbed himself the alleged real. real. Well, I think he real. called himself the real world champion. But then, in, in, especially in the intro here, he was known as the alleged real world champion. Yes. Ric Flair. Yeah, he showed up with the NWA title. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Scandalous. Scandalous, man. Uh, kind of parallel to that, you had Hogan and Undertaker 
trading the WWF title um, in controversial fashion, scandalous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, was, it was so controversial that WWF president Jack Tunney uh, vacated the title yeah. and declared the winner of the Royal Rumble would be the new, new. WWF champion. The first right. time the WWF championship had been defended in the Royal Rumble. Of course, it happened about 20-some years later when Roman Reigns think, yes, yeah. had to defend his WWE title in the mm-hmm. Royal Rumble, yeah. uh, lost it to Triple H. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. We talked about this a little bit during the uh, during the stream itself, but uh, kind of interesting that McMahon brought in Ric Flair and so, sort of immediately launched him up into sort of the upper echelon. I watched a little bit of uh, uh, Stone Cold talking to Ric Flair on his podcast about that. And Ric Flair would talk about, um, I think it was a uh, Herd, Jim Herd. Mm-hmm. Want, he was the dude who wanted him to be Spartacus. Yeah, in WCW. He, said, he yeah. wanted me to cut my hair. Shave his head, right? Shave his head because he'd already had him cut his hair because his hair was longer. He said he already had him cut his hair, but then they wanted me to go by Spartacus. So I had to get out of there. And he said he really was happy to go to WWF. Uh, he had a lot of friends there who he'd worked before. Of course, people were just jumping back and forth all, yeah, the, all time. the time. all the time, all the time. And uh, and he said he was really happy to be there. I also read somewhere that I don't, I, I didn't get any corroboration from Ric Flair himself on this, but uh, Ric Flair had it written to his contract that if he wasn't happy, happy creatively, uh, he, he just split. He can just get out of there. I mean, right before he came in, uh, Arn Anderson and uh, Tully. and Tully were there. Brainbusters, the Brainbusters. And they only spent a little bit of time yeah. there. So yeah. things were a lot different back then. Yes. Things were a lot different back then. Yes. Uh, but yeah, kind of interesting. Just given that what we know now, I, I, I refer back to this, like you've said this also about how, you know, when, cause I didn't really watch wrestling as a kid. Um, I watched uh, back in the late, in the mid, mid eighties, I would watch the cartoon. Mm-hmm. That's how I absorbed my wrestling mm-hmm. was through cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I didn't get it again till like college. Yeah. You would watch as a kid. Yeah. You didn't know who Ric Flair was. I had no idea. I mean, in my mind, uh, WWF was wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, I stumbled ac- uh, upon wrestling on USA Network one Saturday. Mm-hmm. I was hooked and never ventured uh, elsewhere on the dial to find any wrestling because I didn't know any other wrestling existed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there wasn't the prolifer- proliferation of uh, wrestling news sites mm-hmm. to, to spread the word. Yeah. You know, young Larson sitting in his living room in in Arizona, getting his wrestling. Mm-hmm. I uh, I mean, I would imagine the fans that were aware, the, the WWF fans that were aware, aware of Ric Flair, is probably a very effective thing bringing him in in, yes. in as a heel. Yes, and when he came down to the ring for uh, the Rumble, there were some woos. Mm-hmm. There yeah, was a little wooing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they brought him in and uh, and yeah, made him uh, world sort of launched him up into the top tier pretty immediately. Uh, and uh, put that title on him here at Royal Rumble '92. Uh, he sort of had a rocky time. Like it was, he then had that title match against Savage at WrestleMania. Yeah. Lost it to Savage, picked it up again, and then lost it to Bret Hart in Saskatoon. What? Not on TV. No, it was for Coliseum Home Video. And I, Bret Hart claims in that interview we were watching, he claims that uh, Rick didn't want to lose to him on TV. So there was all sorts of anti-Bret Hart stuff going on. Like Hogan didn't think that he was ready for that title at WrestleMania 9, so he swooped it. And then uh, and Ric Flair earlier uh, didn't want to lose to him on TV, according to Bret Hart. So I don't know, Bret. I'll tell you. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you, Bret. Yeah. So uh, anyways, let's, uh, I guess, get right into this. Yeah, let's dive into it. We have some uh, some backstory, some information, some little trivia about the Rumble match itself. We'll get to that when we get to the Rumble match. Yeah. Show opened with a tag match, the Orient Express, who was so Kato. Kato, who was Paul Diamond under and the mask. Pat Tanaka. Because it originally was going to be another dude, or originally it was another dude. I forget who, uh, but he was of uh, of Asian descent, I believe. And then he left, and then they got Paul Diamond put a mask on him to cover the fact that it was it was the white dude, you know. So, uh, so yeah, they took on the new foundation, who were uh, Owen Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart in the most '90s, early '90s Holy outfits moly. possible, bright, vibrant colors. Oh man, checkerboard patterns. Do you miss that uh, baggy pants? Do you miss tapered? Number one, you you miss the '90s as much as I do, right? I love the 90s. Parts of it, yes. Oh, part, interesting. There were yes. parts of the 90s. Good and bad of uh, any time, yes. 
Um, well, hold on. Let's let's do this first, though. This was a great question asked during the stream. Where were you? How old were you in 1992? I was 14 years old. Going to Mitchell Junior High School, mm -hmm. right? I was at Mills. I had just moved back to California after spending a year and a half in Arkansas yeah. and preceding that four years in England. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was a 13-year-old at Mills. Um, I hated Mills. Middle school's tough, period. It really is. I was, I was fine when I got to high school. Yeah, me I too. Just, I that, didn't like middle school at all. That junior high was terrible. Uh, so anyways, enough of that. Enough about that. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't watching wrestling at the time. I was watching very sporadically mm -hmm. from like, I don't know, like 90 or so to 90 or 91 till about 96. Mm -hmm. I'd watch here and there sporadically, mm -hmm. but not consistently. You'd keep up. Kind of. It's like me during the Ruthless Aggression era. I would kind of, I would keep up with it. Uh, so yeah, uh, the new foundation, the, the bright spot obviously here was Owen Hart. Yeah. He you forget was, how athletic he really was. Some of the stuff he was doing, no one else was doing in WWE. This, yeah, with maybe the yeah. possible exception of like Shawn Michaels. Mm -hmm, yeah. You know, that spot where he was trying to get out of a, 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 an arm ringer. And usually, like well, some people jump on the middle rope or something like that to do a spin out of it. He jumped directly to the top rope mm -hmm. and just jumped off to the spin, got himself out of the arm ringer. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, um, no, it was cool. It he was had a, cool. a, a, a moonsault escape spot, sort of like what Daniel Bryan does now. Mm -hmm. Something similar. He did that, too. Mm -hmm. um, it was actually pretty darn impressive. I know. Uh, I didn't. So I listened in, in preparation for this. I listened to a little bit. I didn't listen to the whole thing, but a little bit of the Something the Wrestle podcast. I listened to a little bit of Ric Flair's podcast talking about this. Um, and in the Something to Wrestle podcast, Conrad mentions that in the Observer, Dave Meltzer like super praised this match solely because of Owen Hart, you know, saying all sorts of huge things about him. Mm -hmm. uh, it's funny if you if you really put yourself in the context of at the time, like you said, nobody else was really doing this stuff, with the possible exception of Sean. Not WWF, no, right? And so to be there and watch this guy live, I could see why there'd be so much praise heaped on him. I mean, you, you look at now, you just take for granted mm -hmm. because of what we get now. Mm -hmm. But looking back in 1992, was it 20, 27 years yeah, ago? Yeah, 27 years ago. Um, but even fast man. forward, what, a year and a half later when he, Owen was turning keel, feuding against Brett, he wasn't really doing this stuff then no, either. No, he wasn't. He, I'm like, my first exposure to Owen wasn't until like 97, like when I started watching. And I mean, people, even back then, people would always like say, oh, Owen is the best, Owen is the best. And at that point, I don't remember him doing that kind of stuff. And by that time, we had people like Shawn Michaels was fully doing that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. A bunch of others was kind of standard by. I mean, go to WCW, and you know, he had Mysterio and Eddie, and in in the mid '90s. So I think that's the craziest thing about the sort of the the new generation which came along around, starting to come around this time. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at, I think it was like WrestleMania nine. If you look at the cast of WrestleMania nine, it was I think like. 70% of them aren't there by the next WrestleMania or by the next SummerSlam. Like yeah, yeah, tons yeah. The of people. Turnover is pretty high. Yeah. It was. And things progress really quickly. If you take a look at if you take a look at WWE right now, 2019, and take and contrast it with 2014, not a massive sea change. I mean, the women's divisions really come alive. Yeah. But not a huge sea change otherwise. Not a huge turnover turnover on the on the on the roster. No. No. And if you look at nineteen ninety two versus nineteen ninety seven, it is a completely different company. I mean, this was really the tail end of that rock and wrestling thing. It yeah, been yeah, yeah. Seven years since Mania yeah, One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you had Michaels, Owen, Brett, Piper would still show up from time to time. But, mm -hmm. but shortly after what ninety six, he would go to WCW. Yeah. Jake was still around from time to time. Undertaker, obviously. Well, yeah. Jake left ninety. I think around around this time, and then didn't come back again until ninety six when he was doing the Born Again Christian stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was it was definitely like right on the precipice of a lot of change, but mm -hmm. it still had that very old school yeah. feel to it. Like even here in 1992. Oh yeah, definitely did. Um, this was a pretty fun match. Uh, at one point, Mister Fuji hits Owen with uh, his cane because um, prior to that, New Foundation had the upper hand. Now Orient Express gets the upper hand. They have control of the match. Um, there's a spot where Owen gets a hot tag to Anvil. Ref doesn't see it. Orient Express throws Owen into the turnbuckle. And the ref wasn't looking, so Mr. Fuji put his cane and rested it on the top rope. So when Owen crashed into the turnbuckle, he busted the cane in half. Mm -hmm. Very mm -hmm. dramatic spot. Yeah. Uh, Kato, Paul Diamond goes for the pin. Owen gets his foot on the rope. Um, eventually, Owen does get the hot tag to Anvil. 
Anvil uh, does a, an Owen-assisted slingshot double shoulder tackle, takes out both Pat Tanaka and Kato. It was great. Owen hit a suicide dive on Kato. It was a beautiful was suicide great. dive, too. It really, so many times these days, and look, if you see this dude try to do a suicide dive, he I would literally paralyze myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the times these days with suicide dives, and granted, they do it to be to be safe. Like Big E's is terrifying. But well, like more spear than suicide yeah, dive. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When like Seth Rollins does it, he'll looks jump like out. Going, looks like he's going about half speed. He yeah, he'll jump out and he sort of puts his hands out like that. He bounces off the guy and lands on his feet most of the time. Mm-hmm. Owen launched himself. Yeah. I mean, Akira Tozawa's is great because he basically headbutts the guy doing a suicide. Ember Moon. She's got a terrific one. That kind of reminded me of this one because she just throws herself out there. Uh, So, yeah, that's that's a good one. But, yeah, that was a really fun-looking suicide. Yeah. Uh, Owen eventually pins Pat Tanaka after a rocket launcher. However, Anvil was a legal man. I don't know if that came into uh, the equation following this match. Don't know. Don't know. Anvil was definitely the legal man. Yeah. After that, we had Lord Alfred Hayes presenting some house show footage of Bret Hart losing the Intercontinental title to the Mountie. Yeah. Um, the story, at least for that match, Bret was sick, had a temperature. Uh, Mountie got the upper hand, beat him for the Intercontinental title. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Mountie started attacking Bret after the match. Piper came down the ring to make the save, setting up this match, Mountie versus Piper for the Intercontinental title at Royal Rumble. So we got a Mountie interview with Jimmy Hart. Um, yeah, weird looking dude. Yeah. Odd, odd, odd looking guy. Weird gimmick. It's just the Mounties is the weird situation. The weird thing. That right. guy used to be tag team partners with PCO. I know. I know. That's weird to think. And I think Jacques Rougeau now is, is part of the French commentary team. Or he was at one point. Oh. oh that's I don't know if he still is, but he was yeah, at one point. No, I think you're right about that. Um, after that, we had a, a Piper interview that was full of all sorts of like innuendo mm, innuendo that's a good way to put it yeah stuff that you probably wouldn't hear today you know not so sly references to things that you probably wouldn't hear today uh but he was you know that, that's piper he just you're not you're not writing that dude's lines no that's just and he had a big hunk of gum in his mouth too yeah, while he was doing it that didn't come spewing forth with his words <laughs> so weird so odd that he was like about like a that. stream of consciousness uh promo that's, delivery yeah that's what it is and his levels are all over the place yeah i know because he's like all in the mic and out of the mic and talking real low and talking really loud yeah yeah but yeah. that's what piper's great he was just great but yeah like 90 percent of the stuff he used to say you could not say today <laughs> Different time, man. Different time. Anyways, there was a shock baton that was introduced into the equation. <coughs> yeah, I think that was kind of the Mounties thing. Yeah, he had a shock baton. Did he? I mean, I I don't know. Did he? Did he use this from time to time? I like, so, okay, yes. all right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of his thing. Yeah, I don't know the standard issue for Mounties, the mounted, you know, the Canadian mounted police. Mm-hmm. If the shock baton is standard issue um, or not, I have no idea. But yeah, yeah, I, I believe that was part of his gimmick. Uh, I mean, it was. It didn't really factor into the finish of this match, mm-mm, mm-mm. other than the celebratory shocking of the Mountie. Yeah, but and the cartoonish, obviously through the PA system uh, sound effect. Way too late sound. It sound effect. like a game show buzzer. Yeah, that was weird. Because my mind, I think when Scott Hall tased Goldberg, that's kind of sound. Yeah, right. Yeah, I I think of like cackling, like yeah, 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 that. yeah, not. Anyway, so uh, match started by uh, with uh, Piper throwing his kilt in uh, the Mountie's face. Mm-hmm. Goes after him with some punches before the bell. Um, kind of forget at this point, especially in Piper's career, he worked like really fast. Yeah. And it was like he threw caution to the wind. He sort of works the way I feel like Dean Ambrose should be working Yes, now. absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Because he, like, number one, Piper, whether it was his character or that's just how he was, I suspect it's kind of how he was. That dude had a loose cannon feel to him. I mean, that was kind of his thing, you know? It's like, oh, the rowdy one, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's something that Dean Ambrose really needs to yeah. study and learn. Dean, there's nothing loose cannon about Dean Ambrose. Nothing. No, there isn't. You get no sense that he'll ever just fly off the handle at any point. Yeah. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that 
and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Especially when he's doing this in the doctor's office. <laughs> anyway, it was a decent match. It kept it short. Piper picked up the win of the sleeper. Mm-hmm. Um, while uh, Mounty was in the sleeper passing out, Jimmy Hart was fumbling around somewhere trying to get his hands on the shock baton. He eventually gets it, tries to use it on Piper. Piper gets it from him. Uh, use it on the Mountie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's played over the loudspeakers in the arena. Yeah, I did appreciate, though, that they sort of kept the the realism of what a, 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 a stun gun, a, what do we call it, shock baton? Yeah. <laughs> of what that would, because he only did it very briefly and only the one time. It wasn't like Scott Hall really digging into Goldberg, mm-hmm. which would probably actually put down like a cow, you know? Yeah. That's what yeah. they're for. Yeah. Which, the cattle prod. Yes, cattle prod. Prod cattles. Yes. Um, after that match, uh, Lord Alfred Hayes was outside Hulk Hogan's locker room and said this was an interview that was a Coliseum video home ex- or exclusive. So he goes into Hogan's locker room, and Hogan is completely talking in his checked-out shoot voice. Yeah. He, he doesn't say, well, let me tell you something, mm-hmm. Lord Alfred Hayes. He saved that for his rum- like his proper Rumble promo yes. later. But, uh, yeah, no, he was like, yeah, I forget exactly what he said. He was like, I don't know. He was just like kidding around Hogan. Yeah. He was like he was at a birthday party locker or something. locker room like to be a public restroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was just in his regular Hogan voice. Yeah. Checked out. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, hey, man, I just got this great new TV pitch that came through my agent's office. It's about a, it's a beach drama. Called, it's called Thunder in Paradise. The, yeah. I might have some of my other wrestler friends called, on it. Yeah. It's called it's Lightning called, in Paradise. We're going to work on that title. Hogan in Paradise. <laughs> They, Hulkster no, they want to call it Thunder in Paradise, but I'm I'm trying to get them to to call it Hulkamania Runs Wild in Paradise. Yeah, yeah, might be a little long, but I'm working on it, brother. I'm working on it, brother. I want my own Baywatch, brother. Uh, after that, we had a Bushwhackers interview, and they had some uh, some guy with them named Jameson. I don't remember Jameson, but he ate his tie. I don't. So he was supposed to be a nerd. Like when I saw him, I thought heel. Yeah, because it's like this guy just needs to be punched. He's greasy. He looks he slimy. Has his glasses taped together. Like they went too far, I think, with the nerd thing. Yeah, he was eating his tie, and he just had an arrogant look to him. And to me, that just screams heel. Um, whereas the Bushwhackers, despite their deathmatch uh, heritage origins, they're good guys. Mm-hmm. They're lovable, kid face licking good guys, which still boggles my mind. Yeah. Uh, so they were with this dude Jameson who I would assume maybe he was bullied by the genius. Yeah, that's what I got. That's what I'm gathering. I have no yeah, backstory here. Genius. Leaping Lanny Poffo, brother of Macho Man Randy Savage. Right. Cap and gown, writes poetry, yeah. full beard. It wasn't his best poem at this show. No, this is a crap poem too. And he was, yeah, with uh, the Beverly Brothers. The Beverly Brothers. That match happened next. Mm-hmm. Beverly Brothers versus Bushwhackers. So uh, this match took forever to get started. Beverly Brothers come down the ring. Bushwhackers come down, start licking kids in the, on their face. Mm, mm, no, mm, no good. Mm, mm. Um, no era is appropriate. No. No era. None. Um, finally get to the ring, and there's like just like five minutes of Gaga. Yeah, it's just a bunch of nonsense. It's just them going around the ring. That I actually liked. I yeah, li- this I like that the arm movement's great. This is fine, but like there's got to be purpose to it. There's no purpose to it. There's no purpose to it. Yeah. Other than just them doing this. 
acting like they're going to do something, stick their heads through the ropes. It was just five minutes of nonsense yeah. before the match finally got started. And it's not like the match with the barn burn to begin with. Yeah, no, it was a 15-minute match, which Tag felt like match, 35. Yeah. yeah. Um, although, the, I'll be honest, the crowd was really into the Bushwhackers. Yeah, they were pretty over. They they're, always were over. They're actually pretty huge into this match, too, Like especially the finish. Um, I well, mean, Beverly Brothers went over. Yeah, they won. With like a double axe handle off the top rope or something. But then <laughs> the Bushwhackers lay out the Beverly Brothers post-match. Right, Because yeah. during the match, like, Jameson produces a roll from his pocket and starts eating it and starts throwing little pieces at Genius. Yeah, at one point, sort of, he's doing all sorts of weird stuff. The Genius comes over and clocks him. Yeah. I was happy about that. I was like, oh, cool. The, the, the baby face punched the heel. Cool. Yeah. But apparently not. Baby face goes over. <laughs> right. So anyways, the smart guy yeah. who writes poetry, the cultured guy, goes yeah. over. So anyways, Jameson enters the ring. Uh, the Bushwhackers are holding the Genius up for Jameson to hit him. Jameson acts like he's going to hit him. And then kicks him in the shin. Yeah. And then kicks him in the back. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, Poffo really sold. Like, again, this is supposed to be a very meek, weak nerd. And he kicks Poffo. And you think that Poffo just got leg dropped by Hogan on his leg. Yeah. yeah. You know, he sells the crap out of him. Yeah. Poffo Crowd goes crazy, though. Crowd went super crazy. Yeah. Uh, next, we had a Legion of Doom interview. Boy, they were tough. Oh, yeah. These were tough Legit. dudes, man. These guys were select. Yeah. Those spikes. Oh, man. I can't Face get paint. Oh, dude. And what did, I, what did I say during the stream? Like, if you really think about it, what tag team could possibly have two of the best tag team names ever? Legion of Doom and Road Warriors. Yeah, pretty incredible. Like, when you really think about it, that's insane. But also, what partially, partially makes the name so good is they were so legit. They were, like, they were both the Legion of Doom and Road Warriors. You could see it. And they were legit. They were legit. Just beef mm-hmm. and tough. Probably worked stiff. Oh, man. Intricate face paint. Yeah. Geometric designs. Yes. But Same with the hair. Geometric designs. Intricacies. And, dude, nobody, nobody but Hawk could pull off the horseshoe hairstyle. Yeah, he might not even been balding at that point. That's the mo- he wasn't if you I'm telling you man, if you look at his head when they're in that ring, the light hits it. I'm telling you back here, that's the only possibility. Like this guy. He's tall enough to hide that. Oh, man. I know. He's tall enough to hide that. He he opted for that look cuz he realized he was beef enough to pull that look off. That's like It wasn't a perfect it wasn't like a true horseshoe. It wasn't the sides here and then it he it would Come in towards the middle, and you'd have like a strip back here that was bald. Yeah, and then of course bald here and here. Like so the Sipowitz, like the, Sip- the, the Sipowitz look is not a, a flattering look. No, though John Tenta Earthquake. Yeah, tried to pull it off. No, sorry, not Earthquake. It was a uh, uh, Ottman. No, it was it was Tenta that had the. Oh really? The horseshoe, yeah. Oh, it was Shockmaster. Yeah, that is Shockmaster. Oh, I thought Ottman was Shockmaster. No, Tenta's Shockmaster. Shock, ten, Tenta's Shockmaster? Yeah. That was Ottman. No, I believe it's Tenta. Oh, man. I'm tripping then. Am I, am I tripping? Maybe you're right. That sounds like they, I think they're both Shockmaster. <laughs> Let's see here. Fred Ottman, right? Yeah. Isn't that the dude? That's, that's, that was uh, Earthquake. Mm. Uh, oh, well, okay. Hold, yeah, no, Ottman. Ottman was Shockmaster. Shockmaster. All right. Oh, yeah, but he's the dude with all the hair. Yeah, yeah. I so knew that, that was Ottman. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Earthquake. Yeah. So Tenta had. Typhoon. Yeah. Yeah. Man. He had the horseshoe. Wow. It's hard to tell who's who under that mask. That uh, helmet. So Tenta actually looked exactly like Funhouse. Yeah, he looked a lot like Funhouse. Yeah. And then Ottman looked like the bad guy from Popeye. Right. Brutus or Bluto? Bluto, yeah. 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 That's Anyways. a weird thing, too, how there was both a Brutus and a Bluto. I know. And Popeye tried to like canonize both of them, and they looked pretty much they they were similar. the same character. Yeah, they were the same character. Um, this match was kind of okay. Um, Finish saw everyone brawling on the outside, and then Earthquake makes it back into the ring um, before the ref finishes ten count. Natural disasters win by ten count over Legion of Doom. Ooh, they were pissed. Oh yeah, they Legion, were hot. Legion of Doom takes chairs into the ring, beats up Natural Disasters with some very clear the so. Ring. There was two things. There was a. A very super gentle. It was a very gentle, like cradling animal, I think, in his arms like a baby. One of the natural disasters. Probably Tenta. Probably dumps him on the the mats. Make sure to dump on the mat, not on the concrete, on the outside. And then those chair shots were also very, very professional. 
There is nothing attitude error about them. They were no, making no, sure no, to no. protect their opponents because yes. they're professionals because they're the Legion of Doom slash Road Warriors. Yes. Yes. Uh, so let's see here. Yeah. Next, uh, we go to Sean Mooney backstage. He's trying to get an interview with Natural Disasters. Jimmy Hart, he's livid. Livid. Penta, Ottman, livid. livid. They didn't get the tag titles. However, it's clear as day in the rule book. You only win by pinfall or submission. You don't win titles uh, via countout or disqualification. It's something called yeah. champion's advantage. There is nothing. There is no sense of urgency on them to get back in the ring to actually win the titles. They have nobody to blame but themselves. Bingo. Yeah. Uh, next, we had a series of interviews leading up to the Royal Rumble match itself. First, Piper talking about winning the Intercontinental Championship, how his goal was to win gold twice that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, Sean Mooney interviews Sean Michaels. Uh, more, they sh- they replayed the uh, barbershop yeah. incident. Yeah, where Michaels super kicks Marty Jannetty, throws him through the window, launching his career into as solo superstar, greatest yeah. in ring performer all time. Yep. Uh, next, Ric Flair interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's just saying I'm going to win the Rumble. Yeah, they are. They were all just saying. Yeah, th- he said he was going to win the Rumble. This was his. Uh, oh yeah. So he got an interview and a promo because yeah. after that we had a Macho Man interview. That was a promo. Oh yeah, you're right. It yeah. was Macho Man promo. So Flair got an interview, like a proper interview. Then yeah. we cut to these promos. They're pre-filmed. Yeah, and so you had a Macho Man once. Oh yeah, I'm going to throw everybody around and Jake Roberts if you're in there. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. He's totally gunning for Jake. Next, super close-up on Sid. Super close-up, like a macro shot. So I could see all the little pores in his Sid nose. He's gritting his teeth the whole time. And then you pull out, and it's a sea of traps. It's just a sea of traps, dude. His traps are crazy. Nothing but beef on that guy. Uh, Next, Repo Man. Yeah, Barry Darso just looked like a normal dude he was, with yeah. a Halloween costume. Yeah, pretty much. Like yeah, a no, I don't understand store. why there's tire treads on his gear. It looked like he just got run over. So do repo men, given the nature of their profession, do they have an app for vocational, you know, uh, statistics? Higher incidences of getting run over than any other occupations? I don't know. I would say possibly. But probably not. I'll say this. Out of all the professions out there, they're probably second to. Bounty hunters got to be number one. (laughs) Bounty hunter has to be number one. Isn't there like a, isn't there like a, uh. Tow truck drivers, because you t- you put the yeah, car on tow the tow truck, truck driver. You don't do it right, you can get run over. That's got to be number one. Well, repo men, they use tow trucks. Maybe, yeah. So I could see that. But not exclusively. Because <laughs> they don't repo just automobile. They repo other stuff. I would guess. I don't know if there are subdivisions of repo companies. I'm saying tow truck driver, bounty hunter, yeah, then repo man. Okay, interesting. But still, if you're top three, it's, it's apropos. Yeah, still, it's it's a stretch to make that connection. I think. I mean, if your gimmick is roadkill, then that it'd make him a lot more sense. We it, can agree on that. Obviously, yes, okay. yes, yes. Or like tire manufacturer or something. I don't know. After um, that, we had the British Bulldog. You're not trying not to laugh enough. The whole thing, he was seen like he was trying not to laugh. And he he tried to figure out what he was saying. This we said this during the live stream, the watch party. He looked like he was like a like a first first NXT class. Yeah. You're, you know, you arrive to the performance center. All right, now do a promo for us, British Bulldog. And he gets up there. And, and it's like Baron Corbin's first promo that yeah. made the rounds come on, on Twitter. Come on, bro. Give me a shot. Yeah. That's essentially what British Bulldog was Pretty saying much. here. Pretty much. Uh, next, Jake Roberts. Man, intensity. Oh, this was legit. You go from like British Bulldog who looked like he just came one out off of, the bus. One out of ten. Promo. One out of ten. One out of, no, no, like I'm asking. One out uh, what from one to ten? Sorry, was Bulldog's promo abilities? Oh, one out of ten, you know. Yeah, Jake so, Roberts. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Uh, oh man, yeah. He and he, dude, he just he was already sweaty. The economy of the language. He didn't have to say a lot. <laughs> oh man, it looked like he just woke up from a he nap. W- he went on half as long as Bulldog did and said way more. Yeah, like he woke up from a from a blackout drunk period. Yeah. Just delivered his promo, and it was Pouring nothing but sweat. truth. Yeah. In his mind, this is truth that he's speaking. Yeah. That totally, was the great totally. thing about Jake. It's cathartic. Um, next, Mr. Perfect Ric Flair had a promo. <laughs> so he got an interview and a promo. Heck yeah, and he got another promo afterwards, too, or an interview. Uh, and we saw Paul Bear and Undertaker. They had promo. Uh, and Paul finally, Bear. of course. I'm still pretty new here. Hulk Hogan had a promo. I just, I'm trying to figure out where catering is still. I want some bone in prime rib. Ooh, that sounds delicious. 
Succulent. Succulent. Moist. <laughs> uh, the last one was, yeah, Hogan. Hogan, of course. And he was doing his yelling yeah, so was, Let me tell you something. Kayfabe voice. Uh, Royal Rumble began. Check, Jack Tunney came out. Check. Dra- uh, dropped a promo saying uh, this match is not only for the honor of winning this match, but also this title here. First two competitors, British Bulldog and Million Dollar Man. Ha, 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 ha. Ted DiBiase. <laughs> um, uh, DiBiase is out pretty quick. He was eliminated by the Bulldog before the number third entrant could come yeah, to the ring. Yeah, quick. I think this was toward DiBiase's last days in WWF. Yeah, so he headed to Japan, I think, for a second. Yeah. And then probably just retired. I think he had, like, neck issues. Well, then he was in WCW for a while, too. Not as a wrestler, but. Yeah, yeah. His he's manager. NWO, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, Ric Flair. Yeah, man. He had him going more than an hour in this match. Yeah. And a heck of a performance. Before we get too much further, let's just spew out some, some facts about this match. Oh, please. Absolutely. Loaded Rumble. 16 current Hall of Famers in this match. Loaded. Yeah, loaded. Uh, 21 of the 30 competitors had a WWE championship at some point in their career. A championship. Oh, okay, okay. So a tag intercon. Yeah. yeah, eight former WWF world champions in this match. Wow. Top titles. Apparently, And that's, and that's even considering Bret Hart wasn't in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Heenan's idea for Flair to start early. He wanted Flair to be one, I guess. Vince said, let's do three. Um, I'm curious. I'm, I'm really wonder. I, I'm wondering if that was because he wasn't entirely sure that Flair in the long run was going to be maybe a WWF guy. So why let him have that prestige? Maybe be the first guy to do it. Yeah, but they you know they they set it up with Flair of course doing his his if you want to be the man you got to beat the man thing and here I'm the man have him come at number three and have basically everyone else who enters thereafter gunning for him mm-hmm. yeah 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 basically everybody else at everybody some point during the course of the match yeah sets their sights on getting Flair out of the ring and no one could do it sure in terms of establishing 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 Flair as a superstar mm-hmm. they did a, actually a really good job of doing it in this one match for sure as a storytelling device it worked really well Flair comes in at three. Jerry Sags, one half of the Nasty Boys, at four. He's quickly eliminated by the Bulldog via dropkick. Uh, Haku at five. He's eliminated by Bulldog. Flair, uh, during his commentary on this uh, with Conrad, uh, was immediately putting over. He's like, oh, God, there's Haku. Watch me run away from him. Like, every time you see me back away, I'm, I'm legitimately backing yeah, away from he him. He has a reputation of being the toughest guy maybe Tough ever. Tough dude. Ever in wrestling. Uh, number six, Shawn Michaels. Um, didn't have a whole lot of eliminations for a while because uh, HBK at six, Tito Santana at seven, Barbarian at eight, Kerry uh, Von Erich, Texas Woo! Tornado at nine, Repo Man at ten. He's just skulking, sneaking around the ring the entire time. He, he was all in on that gimmick at least. He is the closest. Yo, he was in, he was trying to impress Vince. He was yeah. like, look, I don't know what the f this is supposed to be. I was just be. in demolition. We were the longest <laughs> tag tolerance. Right. We were mean, right? And I got a comedy gimmick now. <laughs> He's like, well, that's fine. Daddy likes his paycheck. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it my all. I'm in. all in. And he performed in this Royal Rumble. Number one, he got a couple eliminations, he did. I think. And he performed it the exact way. If I were in a Royal Rumble, this is what I would do: try to be incognito, just inconspicuous. I mean, granted, he's got a Hamburglar outfit on. Yeah, he does. But just sneak around, try not to get in any. Don't make any eye contact. Exactly. Don't make any eye contact. Do you think Vince's inspiration for Repo Man's outfit was in fact the Hamburglar? Uh. He probably, yeah, I because so. I don't think any real repo men wear that do you kind think, of stuff. Do you think Vince likes McDonald's? Well, we know one of his friends does. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's is that the power food of the elite? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> Got a huge business meeting. <laughs> I might get to fuel myself. Give me a Big Mac. Dude, I forget who it was, but somebody tweeted out that, that awesome picture of, of our president with all that fast food. And, like, there's some uh, gravy dishes with loaded up with uh, McNugget sauce and there's a butler from the White House right there and like there's just a little a fake quote from him saying sure we can we can put the Lincoln gravy bowls we can use those for the McNugget sauce <laughs> like you know breaking down <laughs> oh man oh my goodness uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine at 11 and Nikolai Volkov at 12 Volkov was pretty quickly eliminated by Repo Man um, Big Boss Man at 13 I always forget how well he moved for a guy his size. Man. He was fast. He, was, he fast. was running around. He jetted to the ring. Yeah, he did. And he didn't stop. No. That's a big dude. Yelp. Uh, Greg Valentine was eliminated by Repo Man. Two eliminations for Repo Man, but then Repo Man was quickly eliminated by the Boss Man. Yeah, that was a bummer. 
Oh, but what I say during the stream, only one vocational gimmick allowed in the ring at the yes, same time. Yes, yes. Security guard beats Repo Man. Mm-hmm. So like that one point where IRS and Undertaker were choking somebody. <laughs> Death and taxes, man. That, that was a good one. That was, you, you won the day with that one. Uh, Death and taxes. It's no, it's it is actually stunning that they, <laughs> they were never didn't a tag team, team as Death and Taxes. I know. Give, like this, is like the perfect time for that to have happened. Early nineties. You know, I mean, that's that's what we're gonna have to do though. Now that I, I know, think about I it, know. is next season for two K twenty, we'll do a we book raw from the past. Yeah, and book that stuff our way. Yeah, uh, Flair eliminates everybody's the- hearts exploding. Yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, Flair eliminates the Bulldog and Kerry Von Erich pretty quickly. Um, Tito Santana and Shawn Michaels eliminate each other. I think they have a match in the next WrestleMania, WrestleMania 8, against each other, I believe. Um, Hercules comes in at number 14. He eliminates the Barbarian. And then Boss Man, in the same kind of motion, eliminates Hercules. Um, and then uh, Boss Man has a sight set on Flair. He sets him up for elimination. Does like a jumping, running shoulder tackle. He, Flair ducks it. Boss Man eliminates himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just thinking about this. So yeah. later on, Macho Man eliminates himself to go after Jake Roberts. Yeah, he flies out of the ring, yeah. Technically speaking, no one threw Boss Man out of the ring, and yet he was eliminated. Flair just ducked. So if the rule is if no one throws you from the uh, ring. Yeah, okay. So here's the thing. You got to think about it. There is some subjectivity there. Yes. But if the actions of somebody else Leads to your elimination. You, I understand that. I'm just trying to find the delineation there in the rules. Because obviously now if you just go to the top rope, you're done. And Well, yeah, there's a couple refs hovering around. So I'm assuming that they have to use their good judgment. Yeah, judgment you know. call. Uh, mm-hmm. Piper comes in at 15. Jake Roberts at 16. Hacksaw Jim Duggan at 17. IRS at 18. And look at this is a star studded list right here, just 15 to 20. Who's who? Uh, one of these guys fathered, one of these guys also fathered a WWE champion. Yeah. Jimmy Snuka at 19. Undertaker at 20. Undertaker pretty quickly eliminates Snuka. Macho Man runs in the ring. Jake Roberts hightails it out for a while. They eventually throw down. Randy eliminates the uh, Oh, Jake two the of Snake. these men, including Ric Flair also. Forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Macho Man th- flings himself over the top rope just to get his hands on Jake. Undertaker's like, hold on, Randy, you got to stay in this match. Yeah, that was a weird thing for Undertaker. He all of a sudden became like sort of referee enforcer type Well, obsessed guy. with making sure Randy got back in the ring because he probably knew, oh, shoot, is, did Randy forget he's in the Final Four? <laughs> you think, hey, Marco's being a company player it there. Could be. Yeah, he thought it was real. Because he did it once, and Macho Man got away and started attacking Jake again. And then Undertaker came back out to get him back in the ring. Undertaker was acting like a really strange AI for kind 2K19. Of, yeah. Like, why does that thing keep on doing that? I know. Leave me alone. When he wasn't choking somebody, because that's pretty much all he did. Yeah, all he did in this match was choke people. Um, so Randy wasn't eliminated, because he wasn't thrown over the top rope. That's what Gorilla Monsoon said. So if Gorilla Monsoon says it, I guess I have to believe it. Oh, yeah. Uh, number 22, Berserker. Number 23, Virgil. Number twenty-four, too much. Number twenty-four, Iron Sheik made it the royal what? The royal humble. <laughs> uh, Rick Martel at twenty-five, and then Hogan at twenty-six, and Hogan eliminated Undertaker and Berserker. Boo! Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan eliminates himself and Virgil with a clothesline or something like that. Here comes Hogan eliminates Berserker. Uh, Skinner, the Crocodile Man, <laughs> at twenty-seven. Isn't that what he said? Crocodile. You heard that? I didn't. I didn't hear that, but I kind of wasn't. No, no. He, he was like a crocodile hunter farm, guy, farmer or something. Farm, I don't know. A crocodile farmer. I don't know. How are the crocs this year? Uh, number twenty-eight, Sergeant Slaughter. Um, then uh, Rick Martel eliminates Skinner, even though we thought it was a sure thing that Hogan was going to do it because Skinner was getting all up in Hogan's face. Oh yeah. Uh, Sid enters at twenty-nine to a pretty decent pop, actually. He got um, a decent pop. Yeah, dude. I think people are ready to back Sid. Yeah. Uh, and then the Warlord at number 30, uh, Sid basically threw Slaughter out of the ring with an Irish whip. Yeah. He whipped, Irish whipped him across the ring and yeah. Slaughter flew out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Warlord was jacked. And he lasted all about a minute and a half in this match. That guy was huge. He was massive. Uh, Piper eliminates IRS via necktie. Mm-hmm. Um, Hogan... Um, and Sid together eliminate the warlord. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sid, right afterwards, eliminates both Piper and Martell. So our final four was Flair, Savage, Sid, Hogan. But right away, Flair eliminates Savage. 
And then uh, uh, Hogan and Flair going at it. Sid's in the corner like, all you guys. Letting it happen. And then Sid sees an opportunity. He eliminates Hogan yeah. from behind. The crowd goes crazy. They pop. <laughs> They're like, yay, Hogan's out of it. <laughs> and then apparently in subsequent... Uh, Coliseum home videos, yeah, perhaps? when they show replays on... TV. Programming. Yeah. They uh, overdub booze. Ooh. And I guess even Gorilla Monsoon had to go back in and redo some commentary to uh, uh, play up Sid's supposed underhanded... Uh, elimination of Hogan. Well, ain't no different than what I do these days. They should do that for uh, the Rumble, uh, was it 2015, 2014, 2014? Oh, when Reigns won? When Reigns won, everybody starts some deafening cheers. Yes, yes, absolutely. Instead of confused boots. So Hogan's upset that he is not champion. He grabs Sid's arm. Flair tosses. Yeah. Hogan, you know, I know Hogan's supposed to be a good guy, but golly, is there any... Is there any match? He was a bit of a jerk as a good guy. There was there were no matches he was in where he didn't poke someone in the eye, pull threat, some stuff like he this. He used to threaten the ref all the time. He used to threaten the ref. He used to yeah poke people in the eyes. He used to use underhanded tactics. That dude was a bad guy. Brother, not a, not a face. Not a face. Not a face. We could do a full uh, reevaluation of Hogan to run a WWF to determine if he really was a good guy or not. I say we do it. I say we do it. So anyways, uh, Flair tosses uh, uh, Sid out of the ring. He is a new WWF champion, but as soon as Sid is out, Hogan storms in the ring, act like he's going to punch Flair, so Flair has to run off. Flair could even have his moment in the middle it of the ring. It was his damn opportunity. It was his damn moment to celebrate. And he, Hogan couldn't give it to him. No. Sid comes in the ring. Uh, they're acting like they're about to throw down. They have to be separated by refs, and they said Jimmy Garvin was in there, but I couldn't see him. Mm-hmm. Um, we go backstage. Jack Tunney presents Ric Flair with a WWF title, and Flair cut a classic promo with a tear in his eye. Greatest day of his life. Mm-hmm. WWF title, top title. Mm-hmm. If you are WWF champion, you are the king of the world. Yeah, and he looked like he was looking straight at Jim Hurd. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's what it looked like. So you want to call me Spartacus now? <laughs> exactly. Um Kind of, you know, it's funny because if you fast forward only nine years, uh, 2001 Vengeance. Isn't that, that's weird, right? Nine years separates that from Vengeance. I know. Um, if you look at that and they made such a big deal about the unified title, the world title, kind of interesting they didn't try to play that route with Flair coming in with the NWA title mm-hmm. and try to claim that they now have the unified. I know, have the lineage of both belts, I know. Yeah, <laughs> they could have tried to steal the lineage of the NWA. I know, I know. Um because I just the only reason I bring that up, I'm like, oh, Flair could have made that claim. And then at, at Vengeance nine years later, when everybody was telling him that he's never been unified. Because like two people, Jericho and Angle, well, you've, you've never been unified champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he Undisputed was. champion, he yeah. Was. Yeah, he was. He, was. You know? he never lost it in NWA title. Yeah. I uh, got some super chats here. Josh Lazo just got off work. I'm sleepy. Here's money. Good night. Oh, well, he's probably Sleep sleeping well. by now. Fear and loathe in NYC. If All Elite Wrestling has their first show at the Mall of America, power rank wrestlers to appear in a puffy shirt. Dolph Ziggler, to me, fits the role in so many ways. He is kind of like the modern-day Lex Luger. So Dolph is a good answer. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point right there. Uh, Fear and loathe again. Did you guys see the Piper-Mountie rematch in Saturday Night Main Event? Mountie shocked Piper with the rod, but he wore something under the shirt like Brett and Goldberg. Ah, okay. So like, the shock wouldn't get to Yeah. Him. Some like plastic, I guess. Rubber. Rubber? Yeah, rubber. Right? Rubber. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fear and loathing again. I'm willing to wager Vince never ate McDonald's. Guarantee he has. Yeah. Guarantee you he has. <laughs> Might eat eating McDonald's today. We need to reach out to like the one person we know who's had personal experience with Vince. Yes. Yes. And find out. Yes. If he ever did. Yeah, that's a great idea. We'll bring that answer to you guys. Yes, we shall. Soon. Uh, let's see here. I'm over here on the Discord. Uh, and the own okay, so Henry Harris says he was eight, and when he was a kid, he used to watch both WCW and WWF. Man, super fan Henry Harris yeah. right there. Yeah, Cody Miles is also breaking some news from us for us. Maria Canellis on Instagram uh, apparently denies that she asked for a release. No, oh. so we'll keep an eye on that. Oh, this is a lengthy thing right here. Oh yeah, it is. I mean, given this is going up on Saturday, maybe people will be interested in this. I did not ask for my release. Speculation and rumors are running rampant. Someone is playing all the wrestling news sites. Uh-oh, they were in our thumbnail this morning. Uh, it's a game. I've been in professional wrestling for 15 years, and what I do in front of the camera will be only a small... Boy, this is a really long 
I mean, you got to the most salient. salient Social media is not fact. It is fantasy, a nightmare, or a place for bullies. I want to use this for motivation to be positive every day. And it's a picture of her and her lovely child who looks literally like her. Mm -hmm. Like exactly Mm -hmm. like her. And she says, whoever is leaking rumors, I pity you. I pity the fool, is what she has to say. So, confirmed by Marie Canellis. She likes her job. She wants to keep it. Guess so. It's fine being first lady of 205 Live. Guess so. So good for her. Yes. That's that. Anyways, wow. What a fun time. Great stuff. Great stuff, yeah. Fun show. Thanks, okay. everybody, for joining us for the watch party. We'll do it again next month. Next weekend, we got a packed weekend of streaming. And if anybody, yeah. Takeover and hey, the Rumble. I want to throw this your way. And I don't even know if I want to do it. Mania weekend. Mania weekend is one time a year. Takeover. Mania. Raw and SmackDown. Raw and SmackDown. We'll see. That's a lot. Think about it. I'm just saying think about it. I will. I will. Anyways, that's it for the show. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.